Hello and welcome to VSoup, the podcast that comes back more often than a cheap takeaway. So, at the beginning of the year, we aim to release a monthly episode. For our purposes, let's just pretend that February didn't exist and we'll move headlong into episode 58. Our guest today has also leapt across the employment chasm from end user to vendor. Please welcome Amit Panchal. Hi, Amit. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Very well. How's everybody today? Yeah, not so uh, not so bad. Glad glad to be recording again. Um, so, I mean, the last last time um, I spoke with you, I met you. You're one of my customers, um, and everything seems to have changed since then. Yes, yes, quite quite a radical change. Um, I'm, I'm now leaped across to the vendor world, so uh, no longer an end user, um, and trying to apply my trade somewhere else in a in a different guise. Cause, so did you kind of just go sort of literally one day, uh, you know, I want to work for a vendor, um, and did, or did you sort of take a little bit of time off in between the two? Yeah, so I actually made, made the bold move of actually leaving before I got a job offer. So it doesn't happen that often, um, but in my case, you know what, I needed some time out, and I needed to see where I could go next. And I basically thought, you know what, I need some time out. Let's make, uh, make some choices and see what's out there. And, well, it, I was lucky, I guess. I don't know if it happens with everyone, but I was, I was lucky to, to have a few different uh, avenues. To see. Yeah, so I think I saw, saw you sort of go on holiday to the States for a bit, but I didn't know if you just like rocked up at EMC's offices in Boston with your CV and just said, give me a job. <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't, I wasn't that brave. So, um, yeah, so I went um, abroad um, just after going to VMworld in San Francisco. Um, well, actually, the other way around. So went on holiday, came back, went to VMworld, came back, and then started a new job. Hmm. Yeah, well, why not? It seems like a pretty decent way of doing it, though. If you, if you get everything to align right. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, think, I think the stars were aligned right. For me, um, you know, it's, it's a it's a pretty risky game, but you know, there's there's a lot going on right now in terms of disrupting your own careers, and seems to be a lot of focus around it right now. So, you know, I'm just one of the many examples out there where people have changed. Yeah, I think uh, that keynote of Chad has got an awful lot to answer for. <laughs> Um, Chad in general has a lot to answer for, so yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know, we, mm-hmm. we try to blame. It's like blaming Canada only on a lot smaller scale. That's pretty much the same thing, though. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think I think it's made a lot of people kind of realise that you know, even though you might enjoy your your existing role, you've always got to um, you've got to keep an eye ahead, um, and if if you see a gap then you've got to go for it. And you know what? If you don't get it, that's okay. Um, as, you know, as long as you're still enjoying the, the job that you're doing at the moment. But you've got to be thinking a couple of steps ahead, I think, from a career point of view. Yeah, yeah which kind of leads us into me doing my thing at the moment as well. So, Yeah, so uh, how, about, how about you, Christian? Are you, are you moving some steps ahead? <laughs> I don't know. I might be going sideways, backwards, <laughs> um, that's a whole new dimension yeah I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of making a rift in the time space continuum I think uh, 
I don't know. Uh, but I'll, I'll be moving roles by the end of the month now. So I'm changing to a new company, um, joining the Danish guys in um, doing VMware stuff for ProAct in the Nordics. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, so right are you going to be like the first, the first Norwegian in there, or is it? You know, are you officially joining the Danish office? Or uh, I, I'm I'm joining the Norwegian office. Uh, okay, and they, they have a lot of consultants from uh, already, but not on data center stuff more than storage and backup stuff. So they're, they're expanding into doing consultancy on on more kind of further, further up the stack than the storage systems. So I'm a part of that bit, and we'll see see how that works. We're start, starting off with two people in Norway, one in Oslo and me in Bergen, and we'll see what happens from there. Oh, cool. So you, I mean, I've uh, bumped into the some of the, the the Danish guys before, and they were certainly getting into, um, I guess, what we we called at the last uh, last VMUG, sort of full stack implementations. You know, pretty much taking one off every single product uh, on on VMware shelves and and trying to make it all work together. Yeah. So I'll try to do the same in Norway. We'll see what happens. Um, if it doesn't work, uh, I know I'm going to blame the Danish guys. It's their fault. So we'll see what happens. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. So I'm kind of in a waiting period right now, doing not not much at all. Um, just just waiting for the end of the month, and, and I'm I'm pretty much done with everything I'm supposed to be doing it at, at every. So I'm kind of just hanging in there until Easter, and then it's pretty much. Done. So, so the moment every day for you is an underpants Monday. Yeah, pretty much. Except the day I did the uh, VCAP six DCD beta, Ooh. which which I probably should have done in my underwear. Come to think of it, <laughs> as a protest. Yeah. How uh, obviously without uh, divulging contents of the exam, which would be against NDAs and stuff. How do you find it? Excruciating. Ooh. <laughs> Well, betas aren't they like four hours or longer? Well, yeah, I think you normally. Last time I did one, it was yeah, you had to do pretty much the entire question set. Yeah, I I, I don't think that was the case here though. Uh, okay, I got I think there was thirty one questions and nine design um, design stuff uh, thingies uh, with the infamous Visio tool. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I have no idea how that exam went. I have zero... Did you do DCD5? Yeah. And you thought you failed it, but you didn't fail it? Uh, I got told I failed it, and then one year and four months later... <laughs> I had that with the original. The passed yeah. I got an email saying, hey, you passed. By the way, your expiry is in, Oct in October this year. <laughs> you take it again. Uh, oh. yeah. So yeah, I did the the uh, the five DCD uh, hungover in Barcelona in 2014. That's that that's the way to do uh, exams. Yeah, I I should have been drinking last Tuesday as well. <laughs> Actually, no, you got to go the Ed route down the exams and take them while still drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. If I get it, if I manage to do it, I'll be a VC IX six, which is kind of cool. I think, but I don't know. I, I, I give it a 50-50 if I passed it or not, which is probably being optimistic. Is anybody going to VMworld Barcelona this year? 
Well, so I'm um, hoping to. Um, you know, as you as usual, doing a bit of booth babing. Um, but you know, it's pretty much up in the air. Uh, unfortunately, as my team gets bigger, the uh, I've kind of got to give the opportunity to some of my colleagues. Um, so whether I, I'm actually going to get a, a chance to do it this year again is going to be uh, up in the air somewhat. Well, yeah. this will be the first year in a while that I make it, so I will make it this year. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think the three of us have actually been able to make it to uh, since twenty twelve, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it was twenty eleven. Maybe I don't even remember. I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, we managed to do. Hope I think it was Copenhagen, wasn't it? I don't think we've yeah. done a Barcelona together. No, it it, it, it was actually Copenhagen in twenty ten. Well, yeah, it's the planets just haven't aligned. Yeah, because the year no, after that, the potato episode, I think. Twenty ten? No, I think we did a later one. We must have. We must have. <laughs> we'll have to have to check the. Oh uh, no, me and Chris. Well, all three of us. Yeah, me and Chris and the potato. Sure, but. Yeah. <laughs> what else fails? Bring a potato. <laughs> so, how about you, Amit? Are you going somewhere? Are you doing VMworld this year or something? Well, I'm, I'm hoping to, to go along to Barcelona. Um, last year, I was lucky to go to San Francisco, um, and that was just uh, part of the, the blogger program, and so that was quite a good opportunity there. But this year, yeah, hopefully on behalf of a vendor and actually working there rather than walking the miles and miles between stands uh, and getting tired out. So, yeah. Although I have now got like a step counter, so I really want to see like uh, quite how many steps you do. Having uh, worked a worked a stand last week and sort of hit my personal goal of uh, or sort of personal best of number of steps in a day, uh, I'm, I'd be interested to see how how much bigger it gets with VMworld. So how how many steps was that? Well, bear in mind I take long steps. Um, so that was like the, that was doing sort of twelve thousand in a day, which given that I don't exactly. I'm a fat bloke. I don't go for long walks. <laughs> Twelve thousand. Yeah, my my idea of romance is sitting down. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I was you know it was surprisingly active, but a lot of that's just walking around London as well, um, which uh, always tends to sort of crank crank the step count up. But I'm sure didn't you do like forty thousand steps in one day at uh, VMworld at, at some point, uh, Christian? Yeah, it was some something around that. I've done thirty thousand in London as well. Well, well, with with uh, there the last time, I did thirty thousand something on on the Fitbit. So, but uh, the, the one I had in in Barcelona that year didn't work that well. So I'm not sure that count is all that accurate. But oh, it could be a calibration issue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I guess with those things, it's probably more about the, the the relative number of steps for yourself rather than comparing between different devices. Yeah. Uh, my, my my illustrious Microsoft band, which actually I've been quite happy with. I was for uh, for the money I paid for it. It was uh, it's, it's done the job pretty well. No, it's just free then. <laughs> Almost free, as good as free. <laughs> like you know, near, nearly free. Um, so yeah, no, I was uh, I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, hopefully I'll I'll be be able to do Barcelona this year as well. Last year it got cancelled like a month before, which kind of pissed me off a bit, but. Yeah, and it's, we'll see, what, see what happens this year. Uh, if if so, if someone 
pulls the plug on it this year, it'll be different people that pisses me off. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've always got to have like a choice of different people to. Yeah, Re- uh, redundant array of pissers off. Yeah, <laughs> uh, last year I was gonna do uh, San Francisco, and then that got canceled. And then they told me go to Barcelona. By then, it was too late for me to make plans. So, yeah. ah, I was. Uh, various people well. doing ir- irritation as a service. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's also called Twitter, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. P- particularly if you work for any form of hyperconvergence at the moment, <laughs> irritation as a service <laughs> appears to be almost a, a requirement. <laughs> well, Sanjay is doing a good job. I, I guess they, it's true, they do say, like, you know, around a grain of sand, a great pearl doth form. Um, and, and we'll probably best leave it at that uh, <laughs> before I get sued. Um, so, yeah, you know, thinking of, of news this week, I mean, we've got some VMware announcements. Um, as, as our sort of resident person who's probably got more time than, than the rest of us to, to keep a track of the Twitters and, and, the, and the blogs and, and various other announcements, um, have you seen anything that might be of interest, uh, Christian? Uh, well, uh, vSphere 6.0 Update 2 is going to be available to sometime today, um, or tonight, or right now, it might be, actually, uh, with vSAM 6.2, mm. which is interesting. Um, I recently did uh, a vSAM implementation for a customer here in locally, and that was absolutely amazing performance on that thing. Really? Um, but also, the vRealize Suite 7.0 is out now, CodeStream 2.0. Uh, I'm guessing we'll see Horizon today as well. Um, basically, everything gets released today. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's just a, but these, these are all sort of kind of point releases, aren't they? They're not sort of major. Well, well 6.2 sounds pretty, I mean... The vSAM one, even though it's only a point release, I mean, it seems like they've basically re-architected it. Yeah. It's a lot for a point release. Yeah, it's... Uh, they, they still can't manage to align their version numbers, though. Uh, you, you get Virtual SAM 6.2 with vSphere 6.0 update, too. Okay. So someone screwed up somewhere. Uh, that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, <laughs> then again, version numbers probably never do. Um but vSAN 6.2 looks awesome, to be honest. Uh, and I did a 6.1 implementation recently, as mentioned, and I was just flying around all over the place with uh, some really insane performance numbers. Uh, but that was also based on N- NVMe uh, flashcards, so for the cache layer and all SSD for the rest. So what kind but, of numbers? What, what were you what were you throwing at it? I just did uh, some some kind of uh, basic iometer stuff with it. We managed to get over ninety thousand iops out of one single host, but that was of of course one hundred percent read and zero dot five case and whatever. But uh, yep. So it, it, I I hate throwing kind of marketing numbers around for it, but <laughs> basically uh, an unpatched Windows Server twenty twelve R two VM booted from. In less than two seconds from my, I, I, I hit the, uh, the start button until you could log into it. Wow. That's not bad. Uh, no. That's pretty, pretty nice. 
Uh, so it's um, it looks really awesome. So it, it, the, the client was so happy with it, they actually uh, ordered another three nodes, and, ex and it's going to expand us to a six-node cluster and move everything off their existing VNX. Wow. Wow. Impressive. It's a pretty uh, pretty risk uh, risk move if you think about it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're still keeping the VNX, so it's uh, it's going to be there as well. But they're going to try moving every production um, workload over to the VSAN pretty quickly and see what happens. I suppose now you know um, with the size of SSDs that you can buy, you can go all flash VSAN. With obscene capacity, yeah, it's sixteen terabytes in yeah. the SSD, and um, I, did, I I saw the photo, but there wasn't any size comparisons. I assume is that a regular two and a half inch, you know, little SSD, not tiny SSD, but you know, average laptop drive size SSD. That isn't some monster, you know, size of an old Winchester twenty. 20 meg hard drive thing. Is no, it? no, no. The Samsung one is a two and a half inch, 16 terabytes SSD drive. Wow, which presumably is the um, how uh, Pure have managed to fit 52 terabytes onto a single blade. Yeah, which is yeah, I, you know I'm still trying to. I mean, yes, I know there's some magic DD fairy unicorns going on in the middle. <laughs> so the, actual, the 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 real number is somewhat less, but it's still an absolute metric crapload of flash. In a surprisingly small amount of space, mm -hmm. um, you know, to the point where, yeah, I suppose the only thing that stops people from never running spinning disk again is price at this point. Yeah, there, there's so basically also yeah. yeah. Sorry, there's also some use case scenarios. Like you wouldn't be running backups to. Flash disk. Why not? Uh, due to the, uh, I mean, it's better with reads, you know. Mm. Oh, yeah. why, why? Why would you complicate your design if you're doing it right now? Why would you want to complicate it with doing hybrid stuff at all? I mean, if you don't need insane amounts of storage, you can do an all SSD thing for backups as well, and do kind of. Yeah, well, why, why would you want to have spinning rest at all? Yeah. I mean, it, apparently your guys do some storage. Um, <laughs> I would prefer then just memory instead of Flash. Yeah, if, if, sure. if Flash was cheap enough, you know, as cheap as spinning disk, mm -hmm. why, why would you bother with spinning disk? Yeah, so it's interesting that because this year has been touted as, as the year of Flash, not, not the year of VDI. <laughs> Although calling anything the year of means it's never ever going to happen. <laughs> so interesting. I think I think looking at the price curves and some of the graphs out there, you can see that the price is really beginning to become a factor for customers to really think about Flash now. And last year, you know what? There was a lot of push, but the price wasn't there. But this year, you know, we've seen. We've seen vSAN all flash. We've seen all the vendors producing all flash from entry level all the way up to enterprise. So it's interesting now because it's making it more compelling for people to think, 
you know what, we want to future-proof ourselves, why are we going to invest in magnetic spinning discs? So, you know what, things could change by the end of 2016. I, su I suppose the the really brave people will be the, the ones that kind of look at secondary storage on Flash, or is it going to, you know, are we going to end up with this sort of dichotomy of Flash at one end and something that is uh, obscene on a, on a capacity you know, space thing, so either tape or, you know, something that is that very, very, very low cost uh, that there's currently no way that um, Flash could compete with, yeah. certainly within the next X amount of years. I think you've hit the head on the head, and it's, it's, it is really about your performance workloads and everything that's that you need the performance out of. There's, there's no reason now to, you know, to make people use tearing on your traditional you know hybrid arrays when you can get a nice entry level flash and get it performing if you want so yeah and and you're right and you know we've seen vendors out there using hybrid arrays for backup as well so you know i think there's going to be a lot of change this year yeah the thing is if if you do backup on flash as well you can do a lot of fun stuff with your backups you know you can do uh instant restores and and, and stuff like that from from different snapshots and whatever uh without taking the hit of running it from your backup storage well the restores would be faster right oh yeah yeah you'd have you'd have pretty insane restores no matter what uh what backup software you use but yeah i i, I guess yeah the ability to kind of use that flash as uh, um, you know, if you were to have uh, sort of like on-demand sandbox-type environments, you know, mm -hmm. sort of that where, where you might have used storage snapshots, you're actually doing it straight off that secondary storage, so there's absolutely zero impact on production. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess there's always going to be a case for capacity, and, and it seems that there's lots of... Um, some, there's some pretty clever software solutions that are trying to address that sort of secondary storage. Um, you know, where there were various software solutions that were possibly designed for primary storage, you know, some of the original kind of software-defined stuff. Um, it seems that there's been a shift of, okay, well, the primary storage guys have got it pretty much sewn up. Let's look at secondary storage as a... Is it just because it's an untapped market, or is it where some because someone has perceived that there is a need to change that... The storage norms as they are today. Well, if these sixteen terabyte Samsung discs get cheap enough, uh, these SSD discs. Yep. Then it won't matter anymore. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, you know, just think if you could fill a DL three eighty. Um, you know, standard TU server. How many? How many two two and a half inch drives can you stick in those? Eighteen, something like that. Something like that. So that's you know just in TU storage you've got you know a couple of hundred terabytes of flash. It's just like okay, uh, yeah, there your backups. Yeah, no, we we just did those. They they finished already. You haven't clicked the button yet. Yeah, no, they're done. Um, that would yeah that would be pretty insane. Like, I guess what's the longevity? You know, if you write a segment to an SSD, how long? You know, how reliable is that? If I try to read that block in ten years' time. How, how reliable are your hard drives? Serious. Well, that's bit, bit flipping is a real thing, you know. Um, but it's down to, I guess, the number of operations that that drive does. Um, I guess with Flash, 
particularly if they're clever, they try not to do any overwrites on cells. So you've got this kind of... Um, I know that there's a maximum number of times you can write to a cell, but if you're writing, say, an archive backup, mm-hmm. you know, an end-of-year backup, and you write it to one of the, these drives, and either you power it off or it goes into a sort of a low-power state, how solid and reliable would it be if you had to do a restore from that file in X amount of years' time? Presume it more reliable than a spinning disk, or mm. or less? With the, the history and all the FUD that's been around, everybody says, oh, uh, it's not as reliable, you know, but I think these days I've worked with a lot of SSDs. I don't see them failing every five minutes. No. No, I don't think they do. I mean, yeah, in the early days, they, they were kind of... Um, in fact, I'm fairly certain there were vendors that classed them as wear items. They were like brake pads on a car. They're like, yeah, you got to change those every few, every two. Years. <laughs> yeah, I even had someone try and sell it to me, telling me it was pre-dirtied. Uh, <laughs> whatever that means. But the I last mean, time I saw pre-dirtied <laughs> on an advert for something, it wasn't. <laughs> it it <laughs> resembled flashing, but it wasn't a dry. <laughs> Said it was sold in sealed wrapping, um, but yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm I'm not sure. pre-dirtied. Yeah, like pre-dirtied, it'll never fail because it's been wear the correct way. And I, I really I thought about that, and it makes zero sense. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was definitely a buzzword. <laughs> but pre-dirtied, I think, as a buzzword is better than. Uh, today has been a really bad day for hearing terrible buzzwords. Yeah, I've seen possibly some of the worst abuse of the whole premises premise thing, um, and there were a number of other sort of ISVs at, at an event, and it, it was it was horrendous. I wanted to curl up in the corner and cry, um, but I just try. Is, is it just me? You know, is it perhaps I'm just bit getting old and grumpy in my old age about it? You, you, I see it a lot. I see it. Internally, I see it externally, and I see all sorts of words being confused. So it's not just you. <laughs> it's definitely not just you. It, it is. It's our. It's our industry. It's, it's just you. Just have people that know how to say a word in a particular way and will never change, even if they see it on a slide deck. Umpteen times, they will never change to how it should be said. No, it, I mean, and it's not just a sort of a US UK spelling thing. You know, I've, I, I used to see that a lot. And I can kind of forgive that, you know, it's not their fault. Um, but when when it's a word that's, it's actually spelt differently. No, it's not, it, it is a different word. It actually uh, has a different meaning. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I find that, I find that quite hard, you know, as, as a native speaker, for someone to be raping and abusing my language is, you know. Anyway, that's my, yeah, I'll get that, down off the soapbox now. <laughs> There's so much of it around, you know. One thing is confusing words, but the other thing is just using extremely weird kind of imagery to sell something, which doesn't make any sense. And all it ends up with is you have me at pre-dirtied. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you can start with just simple things like think outside the box or whatever you low-hanging fruit or whatever it doesn't make any sense low-hanging fruit makes a lot of sense man come on <laughs> i can talk about your own fruit but I mean, come on 
Well, no, it makes a lot of sense. It depends if you you ever had a crappy job, a summer job, trying to pick fruit. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I, I get the sentiment of it, but it's so overused, it does actually lose its original meaning. That's the problem. I I find that people that use it in everyday conversation, I find it just annoying. It makes sense, but it's annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. When when those things do become overused... um, and I think actually the the trick is if if a phrase gets picked up by recruitment, then it's probably been overused. <laughs> so basically, we've got big data, DevOps, um, agile, <laughs> agile, agile DevOps yeah. in a big data world. Yeah, on premise. Uh, that's you know with your fruit hanging out. No, that's a different. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I've just described like ninety percent of the job adverts out there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Interestingly enough, the, the thing I noticed today was was I think um, DevOps team leader, and uh, you know people are just using it in titles now. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's but for me, it's still a culture and a process rather than a title. So it's just surprising these words just getting chucked out there. Yeah, it's just oh, okay. That's something people are interested in. Let's use that and don't. Actually, use it in the 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 sense it was originally coined, which again makes for a great buzzword, but does actually remove all the original meaning from it. Yeah, I, I do wonder out of the amount of people that say that they're doing DevOps, how many are actually are they just doing what they'd normally do and applied a new term for it? <laughs> a lot more people than we think. I <laughs> yeah. would say like. Probably you're not doing real DevOps unless you work for Amazon or Netflix or one of these internet giants. Yeah, or Dropbox where you're doing data migrations to your new data center. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's also something, you know. That's got to be an absolute motherfucker of a robocopy job. <laughs> 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 they got the best scripters in, uh, in town. It's- it's like, okay, we're running 50,000 copies of RoboCoffee, guys. We've got to get this across tonight or before the next month's Amazon bill comes in, or, or we're absolutely screwed. <laughs> and the egress traffic is going to kill them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully they didn't have all the stuff from Glacier, though. Uh, Ooh, that'll be expensive. Yeah, that'll probably bankrupt them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've heard it was all on S3. I think that's what where they started there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, why the turnaround and why why it's taken so long? It's just strange. You see Netflix doing it the other way and just completing the migration, and then we're hearing about Dropbox on the other side, just finishing moving everything back out. Yeah, and all you all you hear about other than that is everyone's trying to be Netflix, mm. which mm. no one is, but they want to be. Well, presumably Amazon Prime are trying to be Netflix, but that's more of a commercial thing. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. exactly. But that, that's also one of, back to the buzzword thing. Um, how many of our customers or whatever are actually trying to believe that they are Netflix? Or how many of their uh, our customers are being told that they should be Netflix? Yeah, surely they should actually just be, be their own company. Exactly. Uh, there's got to be a meme somewhere. Be who you are, not Netflix. Unless you can be Batman, then be Batman. But um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's that. And I think you know these single-purpose, um, focused 
companies like Netflix uh, and like Dropbox, they can af- either afford to uh, to dedicate a single infrastructure for it. You know, I'm sure, yeah, they've got some back office systems somewhere, but compared to actually what their line of business is, that's you know a, a flea on the dog's back. Um, but yeah, if that is your business, then you are going to have a bespoke infrastructure to do it, whether that's a bespoke infrastructure constructed on top of someone else's platform, in which case you've got to factor in that they're taking a bit of a margin, um, or you've got to factor in the fact that actually, you know what, you are in the business of having to build data centers because that's how you're going to support your business. Um, and if, you know, if you're prepared to accept that you're going to have to start hiring people that can build buildings rather than people that can build software, um, then, then that's okay. You know, the building is going to be built by someone, whether that someone works for you or whether it works for um, AWS or Azure um, as, a, as a building builder. Um, but yeah, it's, it's got to be something, something specific, but only if that's your industry. If you're a, a firm of lawyers, then you either just need to, you can need, need to consume someone else's resources. I think, you know, mm. that's where the, the clear term for, yeah, you know, put it, if your applications can sit on someone else's public cloud, then brilliant. Um, if they, if you've got a data center and your application is sitting there and running and you don't necessarily need to try and do on-demand suing as a service, then why change? Yeah, in most cases, it actually doesn't make any sense at all. But then again, if I was starting something new today, I wouldn't invest in infrastructure locally. I would buy it. That's it. But most of us have legacy stuff we need to move around anyway so what's there to gain trying to do what every other company that lives of doing that as a, as their primary business uh, why should we do that doesn't make any sense to me so I don't know it's uh, it's an interesting world but I guess Bob the DevOps is, instead of Bob the Builder is kind of the uh, message there I guess I don't know Bob, the do you even DevOps, bro? Yeah. <laughs> then again, it, it, it boils back to the whole buzzword thing, you know. Uh, it's so much talk about it that everyone wants to do it, but no one has a clue how to do it, so they don't. But they talk it's, about it. It's, it's it's like teenage sex at school. Everyone's talking about it. Very few people are actually doing it. Yeah, which is kind of good, because I have a 15-year-old. <laughs> and even fewer are good at it. Yeah, well... Uh, that discussion is quite good. I have a 15-year-old daughter, so that's uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm cool with that being not everyone. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> you did DevOps, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So what else is new? What else is going on? Nothing? That's it? Yeah, sadly. You lost your phone, Ed. Yeah, I did. It was stolen from me. Ah, oh, you lost your phone. Yeah, left it. Left <laughs> well, it, it, was, huh? it was stolen, but it was my fault. Let's, yeah, the thing is, you're a big-boned American in <laughs> Asia. Who's going to steal your phone? Well, the guy who has his pants off and the phone is facing away from him. Uh, <laughs> so, like I said, you were in a strip club. <laughs> well, I was changing. was actually know, working in a strip club. Because, like, I was by the beach, you know, and I was changing, and I uh, thought, like, oh, I'm, like, at a five-star resort, 
Like, this is no problem, right? And I put my phone down on the sink. I turned around for a second to, you know, put on my clothes, and then my uh, my phone was gone. And uh, I know for sure it was uh, it was a it was a staff member. Huh? Yeah. But uh, nobody could prove it. So I got a Samsung S7. <laughs> I actually just ordered a new iPhone rose gold. So that should be uh, should be interesting using uh, the rosy version of that one. My, it, it was a bet with my daughter, though. So. <laughs> I was going to say, some, uh, a female color there, Christian. Yeah, well, I'm pretty confident, so I'm I'm good. <laughs> I, 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 my phone is usually pointing towards me when I have my pants on, so I'm not like Ed, so I, it'll be fine. Okay, one 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 last thing before we wrap it up. Um, how how has the change been going from customer to actually working for a vendor? Emmett? Um, I mean, it's it's a different mindset. I've done it before uh, a few years ago, so. Or not not a vendor, but a, a a partner in my case. But it's it's a different thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's definitely a different ball game. Um, I'd say you know similar to what we've been talking about uh, previously on this call. It's every customer is different, and everyone else, you know, every customer has their challenges. They don't all have the same challenges. They could have cultural challenges and process ones, and it's not just all technology. And it's really good. And refreshing to be able to bring some of the kind of the, the real life struggles that kind of I had in day to day life and even, you know, even in budgeting life and bring that over to the other side of the table and saying, you know what, I used to go through this pain. Let me see if I can help you with any of this. So I think for me, it's that, that element of experience has really helped. So I think if you came in fresh and, you know, never having been a customer before i think it's a different ball game so yeah. you know it's, it's it's definitely a challenge and obviously there's a lot of things to learn in technology but the business world is definitely another area to learn and you know when you're dealing with large enterprises and you're trying to influence change you realize how uphill struggle it can be sometimes but it's it's all good fun yeah the thing is uh the technology part of it is Basically, the easy part. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Technology is something that most of most of us can just you know read something and understand, but understanding a business process and understanding how departments are siloed still, and mm -hmm. it really really affects operations. So you do begin to think, you know, DevOps, as we were mentioning earlier, how do these companies embrace DevOps? How do they get digital into their company and how do they move forward so you know what it's it's a hard task to kind of trying to convince these companies to say you know what you could be out of business in a couple of years but you know someone's got to try and start sowing those seeds early the thing is people actually need to start talking to each other and not doing technology all the time and that's basically a bigger problem than you think it is mm, yeah yeah I agree Okay, guys. Well, in that case, uh, let's wrap up. I believe this is VSoup number 58. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, thanks a lot to uh, Amit Panchal for being on. No problem, guys. And, uh, 
Uh, we'll try and keep up our monthly thing. We'll, like Chris said, we forget February happened. It was anyway a, a leap year because there was 29 days in that month. Yeah, no, no, wonder, month. no wonder we got confused. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For you, what do you expect? Anyway, it's not a proper month. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as usual, you can catch us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, or vsoup.net. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.